The text for this morning's our sermon is from John 19, especially the first part of verse 30. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished so far. The theme for this morning, it is finished, three thoughts and an application. In the first place, a finished payment. Secondly, a finished obedience. And in the third place, a finished battle. And then the application. So again, it is finished. The finished payment, the Lord Jesus expressed that he had paid the full price. It is finished. And Lord Jesus expressed that he had done no wrong and fulfilled the requirements of the law. It is finished in the sense of finished obedience. And also, there came an end to the battle, the war. He conquered and had the victory, a finished battle. Congregation, we often listen very carefully when people die. And families are around the bed of a dying person and hope that he would say still a few words and bring their ears close to their, their mouth close to, the, to, 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 to them, so to, to hear what they say, and they are very, very interested in what they whisper. Well, that is also true for what we hear from the lips of the Lord Jesus, right? He is dying. And he has seven words to say. Seven expressions to seven words on the cross. He began with, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He prayed for his persecutors. And he spoke to the thief on the cross, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. What a wonderful expression. And he saw his mother, and he saw John the disciple, and said, Boom, behold thy son, and behold thy mother. He yet cared. He was in pain and turmoil himself, but he yet saw the, in compassion his mother. Oh, be he, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That's how he felt. He was not forsaken, but he felt truly forsaken. And he spoke on the words, I first. And hope to talk about the sixth expression today. It is finished. And then there's only one left. Father, into thy hands I command my spirit. So today, it is finished. Three words, right? In English. In Greek, it is only one word. Tetelestai. That's the only word. Tetelestai. It is finished. 
And what does it mean, the word? Well, it means to perform, to execute, to complete, to fulfill, to bring to a close, to pay, but then in a perfection. Not, I will finish it. Not, I hope to finish it. Not, I shall finish it. Not, I'm able to finish it. Not, I can finish it. But it is finished. It's a perfection. That's something that has happened, that has been accomplished. So it is finished, could also be translated as finished, performed, fulfilled, paid, or simply done. Done. It's all done. So Christ did it. And consequently, nobody has to do something about it anymore. We do not need more time. We do not need more effort, no help, no addition, no repeat. It's over. He did it all. He paid the price. Some work had to be done yet. Yes. Yes, that's true. He yet needed to die, right? And he yet needed to be buried. And he yet needed to rise. He also yet needed to ascend up to heaven. He yet needed to pray. He yet needed to reign. But he had come to the end of paying the price of his suffering in the human nature. There came an end to his obedience in the human nature. And there came an end to the battle. And before we have a closer look at that word, let me first remind you of a similar text in the Old Testament. That the Lord approves his own work. Right? Lord Jesus is approving his own work. It is finished. I did it. I agree with this. I am delighting in this. Do you know a text in the Bible, children? That God is, let me say, happy with what he did himself. Genesis 1, verse 31. And God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So on the sixth day, the Lord God looked back at those days of creation. And the Father said, it is finished, right? It is very good. Do you hear the satisfaction of the Lord, his delight? He finished, he accomplished, he executed the work of creation. And the Lord was content, was satisfied with his own work. But then, 
You know what happened, right? The Lord finished the work. It was even a day of rest after that. But we read also, and it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. And it grieved him at his heart. Because Adam and Eve did not finish it. They failed. They quit. They aborted. They let go. They didn't care. They broke the covenant. They did not finish it all. They were not faithful. And that is now true for all, for, 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 for mankind. And yet, the Lord Jesus came as the Lamb of God to pay the price. And he was going to pay the full price to pay everything that was necessary for the salvation of his church. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. And Christ took upon himself a human nature. Not only because the human nature had sinned, but also in the human nature he was able to pay the price for humans and for sin. And he came to redeem his church. Redemption is a keyword in the Bible. To redeem, like Boaz, right? Boaz redeemed Ruth. He paid the price. And so the Lord Jesus pays the price. In whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. See that? So rich in grace that he can forgive sin through his blood and so having redemption being purchased. Oh, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession and to the praise of his glory. So do you see that? Until the redemption of the purchased possession. So Christ gave his blood to purchase. He paid his father. You know, for many Christians, Christ is only an example. Christ is only a figure they should imitate and follow and obey. But Christ did not only come for that. Christ came to pay the price, the price of his blood, of his life. We read in Hebrews 9, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. With his own blood, he entered into the holy place once, having obtained eternal redemption for us. The high priest had to pray, had to sacrifice first for himself. First to pay for himself, and then for the people. And even that did not work. But Christ did not come with the blood of animals. He came with his own blood 
once into the holy place, obtaining eternal redemption. Tetelestai, paid in full, executed, materialized now. What a precious expression. It is the gospel, one of the most central words in the Bible, if not the most central word. It is finished. I pay the price. So Christ himself was set aside. He looked back upon his life and he had no regrets. He had not come for nothing. It was not vain. His life was satisfactory. It was enough. One of the most precious words in the Bible is this word, very humbling, very satisfying, very encouraging, isn't it? And joyful and heavenly. It is finished. Jesus took the last sip of the sour vinegar. It tasted bitter, also part of his suffering, also an example of bitterness. There was no joy in drinking that. And after he drank it, he said, it is finished. He did not whisper it. He had some strength to say it out loud. It is finished. Wow, that is immense. The blood of animals does not suffice. But the Lord Jesus paid the price. Our best works are filthy rags and imperfect, never complete. But his suffering is complete. The complete work of atonement, the ransom for many. He has done what he had to do. And the wrath of God was spent on him. He took the condemnation and he removed the condemnation from his people. He vanquished hell. The blood of animals did not do anything, but the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses from all sin, from all sin, all types of sin. The amount of sin. And may we walk in the light. As he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. All those millions of sacrifices in the Old Testament every day did not do anything. Nothing can also be added to the work of Christ it is finished. We haven't. He did. And he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for our, ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. We read in Zechariah 13, In that day there shall be a fountain opened, to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, 
for sin and for uncleanness. A fountain, not a drip, not dust, not a trickle. A fountain opened because the Lord Jesus Christ paid the full price. So that's why the tap is opened. That's why the fountain is open. We read in John 1, the well-known verses, the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and say, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. So we need to be washed and cleansed and justified. And therefore the Lord Jesus came and he paid the price. And such were some of you, but ye are now washed, but ye are sanctified, ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. What a precious blood. But with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. See? It is finished. I did it all. He began and he was faithful. We have thousands of flaws in our best deeds. But with him and in him there is salvation. In Christ there is forgiveness. Finished payment. I hope to come back to that in the application. Let's go to the second thought. Finished obedience. You know, I'm surprised that still some people think, maybe also among us, that the Lord Jesus came to earth only to pay the price, only to give his blood, only to suffer, only to die. No. He came also to obey. He didn't only come to passively obey, but also actively obey. What is that? What is passively obeying? Well, when the Lord Jesus suffers, he is not crucifying himself. He is not hurting himself. He lets them do it, right? So that he is passive in that. He gives them that permission. He gives them that power. But the Lord Jesus is not only passive, he's also active. And he is doing in his life what he was supposed to do and what he didn't do. He obeyed the law. He obeyed the Lord. You know those words from Romans 3, right? They really cut to the heart. They cut to the bone. There is none righteous, no, not one. Yes, there is one. There's one righteous. He was on earth, and he did not sin at all. There is none righteous, yes, there is one. There's none that understandeth. But he did. Oh, he understood well what you're supposed to do from eternity. And he did not back off, but he continued. 
and finished it. It's none that seeketh after God. No, not among mankind, but he did. He is seeking after God, after his Father, pleasing him. Their throat is an open sepulcher. That's about people. And people open their mouth. It's death. An open sepulcher. But when he opens his mouth, it's all perfect and sweet and especially fragrance and holiness. With their tongue they have used deceit. He does not speak guile at all. No deceit was in his mouth. He obeyed. He pleased his father. He was the second Adam. The first Adam disobeyed. And the Lord wanted to see one, at least one, who was perfectly obedient to him. The poison of asp is under lips poison. But from his lips come only blessings and no poison. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. But he did not curse. There's no bitterness in his mouth. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Hostile. But he was so kind and so patient and so forgiving. Destruction and misery are in their ways. Not in his ways. No destruction, but blessing. And the way of peace have they not known. That's about us. But he knew the way of peace. He is the prince of peace. He was made to be sin. But knew no sin. He, he, he didn't sin. So he was not only made to be sin. He was not only punished as the greatest sinner. But also did not do sin. Not any of them. Passive obedience. He finished obedience. So when the Lord Jesus on the cross and said it's finished, he looked back upon those 30 plus years and he said, I have not sinned one sin. I have not done anything wrong. I've always pleased my father. I was obedient to my parents. I was obedient to the ceremonial law. I was obedient to the moral law. I did not make any mistake. I did not rebel to my father. I was always willing. I was always respectful. Our Jesus said in John 4, My meat, my food, my meat is, the, is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. I love to finish his work. I love it with passion. It is my meat. It is my food. I live of that. It is my meat to do the will of him that sent me. He sent me and I obey him. I have glorified thee on earth. I finished the work which thou gavest me to do. John 17, verse 4. 
thou gavest me to do the work, and I have finished it. Oh, that is the purpose of life, right? To glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. To glorify Him and to enjoy Him. Oh, we unfinished the finished work of creation. It was so good, so well done, that we broke it and we made a chaos of it. We, unfi- we have not so much unfinished business, so to speak. Or we have constantly ruined things. But the Lord Jesus repairs. The Lord Jesus heals. The Lord Jesus makes it right. And his cause of obedience is finished. And now he can give his obedience to others. And hang that mantle of obedience over the shoulders of sinners. So then they look like, as if, it looks like, as if they have always obeyed. Obedience. So he fulfilled not only the suffering and not only fulfilled to die and the promises and fulfilled the prophecies, he also finished obedience. In Christ, God's people have no sin. They look perfect because Christ paid the price. And that brings you to the third thought, the finished battle. It's all woven together. Christ suffered, he obeyed, and he conquered. He conquered. Yes, he triumphed. He had the victory. Lord Jesus didn't only come to forgive and to obey, also to fight. You thought about that? Lord Jesus came to fight the war against the devil, right? So he, he came to die and to suffer. He came to obey the law. He came to fight the devil and to conquer him, to conquer evil, to conquer sin, to conquer the power of it. Because Satan ruined it, right, in paradise. He deceived Adam and Eve. And that head of that serpent needs to be crushed. He needs to be conquered so that he has no power to do anything anymore. Let me show you that from the Bible. The Lord Jesus came for that reason. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh has he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show 
of them openly triumphing over them in it. Triumphing. Lord Jesus is not weak on the cross. He said things sometimes in a loud voice. He laid down his life himself. He also took it up again. And Lord Jesus battled and fought. What was the first thing Lord Jesus did as he was baptized? He was led into the wilderness. I was tempted by the devil. And he conquered. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. See? Lord Jesus tempted from the devil 40 days and he did not eat. And he fought hard in prayer. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command the stone that it be made bread. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. So Satan was not successful. He could not tempt Christ to obey him. But he tried hard. So God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. So the Lord Jesus, he seemed to be bound, but he was resurrected. Christ destroys him that has the power of death. That is the devil. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death, through death, he might destroy him that had the power of death. There is the devil. To free sinners from the power of Satan. He that committed sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of Man was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So he is able to also unloose people, to free people from the power of Satan as he has reached it. And now then the Lord Jesus speaks this. It is finished. He indicates that he is now out of reach of Satan. Satan has lost. He cannot do it anymore. He tried hard. He failed. Out of reach. He has overcome it. He is the Redeemer. He crushed the head of the serpent. And the cross has broken Satan. His game is over. The power of death is gone. The devil, Satan cannot do anything anymore. Cannot get at him any longer. 
So Satan is still going around as a roaring lion. Satan is still buffeting God's people. Satan is still trying hard, but he has been conquered. So we should not be afraid of him because he, Christ has conquered him. And he can wave his tail, move, move, move his tail, but he cannot destroy anymore. It is Lord Jesus who did that. So, congregation, Lord Jesus said in one word, take the last I finished the finished payment of salvation, the finished obedience to the law, the finished battle against Satan. So there's nothing else to do. Well, there's something more to do in a different sense, but regarding that suffering in the human nature, nothing was to be done anymore. So the Lord Jesus spoke this triumphantly. It is finished. What does this now mean to us? Congregation Christ spoke of himself, right? He spoke, it is finished. I finished it. I paid the price. I was obedient. I won the battle. He spoke about himself. What do you say about yourself? Can you just take a little piece of your life certain day and said that day I finished all that I had to do or maybe an hour he said that that hour I did all I had to do that hour or think of a minute there was one minute that you said at the end of the minute it is finished I did it well I'm afraid not because what is good? Good is something that is done in faith to God's glory. And we never do that. Even God's people have only a beginning of that. So that means that we must say, I did not finish. I haven't finished. I have hardly begun. I have a small beginning. Of new obedience, God's people may say. That's all. So many flaws in our best works. Have you confessed it already? Have you said in your prayers, Lord, he finished it, but I have not finished anything. Our unfinished business Nothing accomplished yet. All to admit it that we haven't loved the Lord above all and neither loved our fellow men as as, as ourselves to have quit, to have broken, to have been opposing him. Are you humbled by the fact that you haven't finished anything yet? You may admit it and say it's our doctrine, I believe it. But have you been humbled by it? 
have you been broken by it? He said, Lord, I feel so bad about it that I haven't been perfect, that I have not fulfilled the law, that I have not paid the price. Are you jealous of him? Jealous of the Lord Jesus? You say, I wish I could say that. I wish I had no sin at all. I wish I could have said, it's finished. I would be so happy. But now you are humbled, aren't you? But how does it sound in your ears? But he finished it. He did this morning. He said it's finished. How do you feel about it? Is that doing anything? Does it sound sweet in your ears? You say that it moves me. It just touches my heart. It moves me deeply. He finished it. I love to hear that. It's so sweet. Or are you just cold under that? Do you believe what he said? It is finished. I mean, do you trust that? Do you rely on that? Do you say, that is my only hope? That he finished it. I love to hear that. He is my salvation. He is doing the work. Do you believe it? Here's the atonement. Do you believe also in him? And do you have him as your finisher? Do you believe him in such a way that he finishes for you, has finished for you? Or do you enjoy that statement? It is finished. Are you willing to tell others of this finishing work of Christ? Because if it, is, if, it is, if, it, if it touches you, if it is important to you, if you delight in it, you want to share it, right? Do you want to share this with others and say to others, you know what? It's finished. Do you praise his name sometimes for having finished all that, that you say, Lord, I thank thee for all that thou hast granted, having finished the work of atonement, having finished obedience, having finished the battle. Do you believe that you have been bought with a price and that you are therefore dear to him? Finished work. You know, also in, in, in different ways, the Lord does not finish his work. Does not finish. Like we read in 2 Timothy 4, the Apostle Paul writing, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have Kept the faith. 
How can it be? How is it possible that, 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 that Paul kept the faith and that he finished his course? It was because of Christ. Because Christ finished it, therefore he could not let go. And he finished the course and he kept the faith. He did not keep the faith in his own strength and power. But the Lord Jesus has paid the price and he fought the battle and he was obedient. Therefore, he could not lose it because children cannot lose their salvation anymore. Although there's a total depravity, although nothing is good enough from outside, yet there is salvation. So many teach, do what you can. Hundreds, thousands, millions of people would ask if you would die today. And they would go to the heavenly court. And the Lord would ask you, why do you think I could let you in? What do people say? People say, well, I did my best. I always went to church. I always behaved. I have many mistakes, but I did my best. So the Lord should let me in. No. He won't let you in. It's only possible through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the only work. It's the only ladder that's high enough to reach heaven. <clears throat> Acts 5. Him as God exalted with his right hand to a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. See? So he gives it. It's all a gift of God. And nothing ourselves. So we need to stop making ourselves worthy or at least trying it. We need to stop that. The Lord says, I finished. You don't have to finish it. And it is something in us, right? We try to finish it, it, it ourselves and we ruin it. Arthur Pink has an example about that. Let me share that for the, for the, for the children's home. Someone needed a new wooden gate for his property. So he, uh, he contacted a skilled carpenter and gave him the measurements of the gate and the shape and the material and everything. And the carpenter made it. Beautiful gate, meticulous. And he, after a few weeks, delivered it. And they brought it to the place where it should hang and the owner, who was the customer in this case, took an axe with him. And the carpenter said, what do you need the axe for? When they walked to the backyard, where the gate should be hanged in the, in the, in the hinges, what do you need that, that, that axe for? And he said, well, maybe we have to make some adjustments. And the carpenter said, really? 
I think it's all right. I think it's perfect. Well, he said, I have my, 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 own, my, my own idea. And I don't know what he did. Do you see that the carpenter was concerned about an unskilled person using an axe to do something of his gate that he had spent weeks on to make it perfect? And so the work of the Lord Jesus is perfect. We should leave our axes at home and not adjust anything. It is sufficient that he is doing it the way he did it. We can only ruin it. We cannot fix anything. We can repair anything ourselves. So all things have been done. Nothing left for you to do. What can I do to be saved, the young person asked his pastor. What can I do to be saved? He asked the pastor. And the pastor said, you are too late. Too late? Yeah, too late. 2,000 years ago, he finished it. He did all the work. And there is no work to be done. You're too late for that. What a victorious cry. Christ spoke to himself. I finished it. He spoke to his Father. It is finished. And he speaks to us. Sinners. It is finished. The work can never become unfinished. Creation can be ruined, not the work of Christ. Are you a stranger to Christ? Stranger to him? Have you seen his beauty? Tasted the sweetness of the gospel? Have you been humbled under him? Have you believed in him? Our friends, beloved congregation, young people, are the shadows of the world better than salvation? Living shadows. Well, all things of this world are shadows, right? Can you hold the shadow in your hand? You seize a shadow, you just grab it. Can you hold it? Can you um, catch it? No, the shadow is nothing, right? It's air. And that's also true for this entire life. Work, health, business, family, it's all shadow. All vanishes away. There's nothing left. It looks like something, but it is nothing in the light of eternity. Christ finished the work and he will finish it for his people. Being confident of this very thing that he has begun a good work and you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He will perform it. 
He finishes it. Then the Lord has begun the work of salvation in the heart of a person. The Lord will never quit, never, never, never forsake the works of his own hands. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. He shall do that. Finished. Also the time in heaven will never be ended. Goes on and on and on. But also sinners in hell will never come to the end. They never sin in hell. It's finished. I suffered it all. Goes on and on and on in eternity. Know what you're doing. It's finished. Are you convinced? Are you convicted of having nothing finished? Uh, have you run to Christ? Do you truly believe in him? He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the first and the last. It is finished. Oh, one more thing. Some people misuse this and say it's finished. I don't need a new heart. I don't need repentance. I don't need a change. I don't need the same faith. It's all finished. I don't have to worry. I just believe that it's finished. That is misinterpreting it, right? Because you yet need to be born again. You yet need to repent. You yet need that true faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you should not just say it's finished. That is shallow. That is deceiving. That is not what is meant to you. But do you know what the Lord would be really honored with this morning? What would, would be a real honor to the Lord this morning? If you would delight in his finished work, if you would delight in that, if you would enjoy that, if you could not get enough of that, if you would drink of that fountain and drink more, the more you drink of it, the more glory to God. So the Lord is really interested in people rejoicing in him. That is his glory. Is that not what the Westminster Catechism says? What is the end of this life, the purpose of this life? To glorify God and enjoy him forever. Amen.